From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Innovators radio show and podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned thought leaders, founders, and game changers committed to ideas, innovation, and entrepreneurship well executed. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes purpose-driven entrepreneurs and game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by executive producer of Stanford Athletics, Beyond the Champions, radio show, and principal of Podfather Media, Tom Dioro. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. Brian, really honored and uh, uh, pumped up about having you on the Innovators Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you very, very much for being here. Our honor's all here. This is a great opportunity, and I really appreciate it. We like to start our show off with... um, if you have a, a quote, a prayer, a mantra, an axiom that you, you don't have to necessarily live by, but something that really matters to you. So, so your audience obviously gets an, gets an eff- essence of who, uh, who Brian is before uh, you uh, launch your show today. Yeah. Um, one quote I really have enjoyed, it was actually from uh, the, the legendary Ohio State football coach, even though I'm a Pennsylvania boy, I shouldn't be crossing borders like that. <laughs> Um, what Woody Hayes one time said, and um, Archie Griffin kind of reiterated it, and he goes, Woody always would tell us, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never going to stay the same, so the decision is yours. So I look at it like everything I've gone through life. Heck, you wake up in the morning, you are already won. Now it's time for you to go do something great in the world. Yeah, that's outstanding. You know, um, tell us how you started your firm. Yeah, um, it was really interesting. Uh, I had a great opportunity to serve in the uh, United States Marine Corps and uh, spent time in the infantry and then in Marine Reconnaissance and then uh, in Marine Special Operations as a Marine Raider and was a team commander. And uh, when I got out, I started working for some ed tech firms. Um, I was really inspired by education, trying to help you know people out. I was just seeing places in the world where you know, I felt people weren't being educated and they were getting taken advantage of. And then I was looking at places where they select to educate you. And I'm like, man, I think they might outcycle us. So we kind of have to get on that side. And um, as I was kind of looking at what was going on with our veterans, and I'm, I myself have uh, received a Purple Heart and 100% disabled, I thank just you. saw, no, no, thank you for paying your taxes. Yeah. Trust me, I had, I had a real good time doing it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just kind of said, like, you know, look what's happened with our veterans uh, with the suicide opiate ep- epidemic. What can we do? And we started our nonprofit Battle Brothers Foundation where we help out on a personal side, like a big brother, big sister. Medical side, we were doing uh, VA disability claims to ensure the veteran was getting the disability rating they deserved. Uh, if a veteran was suffering with alcohol, opiates, or PTS, or all of the above, getting them into a treatment center just to let them take a knee and you know, get back into the fight. And the last part was economic, where we do job placement so that veteran can uh, you know, have that same uh, feeling of purpose like they did while they're serving in the military and hopefully not make a decision they can't come back from. And during this, we were kind of, you know, we knew the limitations of the VA, and I think the VA does a great job with what they have, but they're a federal agency. And uh, one of the, another Raider I served with, Andy Myers, who is our uh, chief cultivator here at Hellman Valley Growers Company, you know, one day he was just telling me how great he was feeling. And I'm like, well, what are you doing different? And he's like, 
all right, you want to hear the truth? He's like, I gave up a fifth of Jack for a joint. And you're like, whoa, you know, you're kind of like, hold on. And like, you never thought about like, you know, cannabis while you're in the military, anything. And, but we're all out now. And I'm like, well, you know, I suffer from post-traumatic stress. So let me try it out. And I loved it. Just helped me get a really great night of sleep. You wake up and you feel refreshed, ready to go. And just kind of became part of my routine. So we started thinking like, how can we really make a difference? Um, There's a lot of great veteran advocacy groups out there but we really wanted to move the dial. And so I had an opportunity to talk to, with some members of uh, the United States Congress and said, what do I have to do to get medical cannabis into the VA system? And they said, if you can go get doctors, um, you know, American doctors, and you can back it up with data, you're gonna have a good argument. So through this, we started working with a firm called Niamedic uh, out of Israel, who's been doing research for decades. And then along the way, we, we brought on a couple of American doctors, and now we're going to be doing our study out of uh, UC Irvine. And, um, you know, it was like, okay, how are we going to pay for this? And so when we looked at the uh, Paul Newman salad dressing bottle, or 100% of profits go to charity. So we're like, well, let's start a medical cannabis brand, and we'll go forward and, you know, put our donations back into our um, nonprofit just so that we can help do this and uh, make it happen. And we came up with the name Helmand Valley Growers Company. Um, basically, when we served as Marine Raiders and you serve in the Helmand province in Afghanistan, you become part of the Helmand Valley Gun Club. So we wanted to make a military niche and we put HVGC up on the wall. And we were like, Helmand Valley Growers Company, that works. Yeah. So we briefed all the guys. We're like, it, just make sure you're cool. We're going to trademark this and this is what we're going to do. And the guys were like, hey, not only are we cool with it, but when we get out, can we get a job with you? Because it's like, you know, <laughs> you guys are essentially serving the country out of uniform now. And that's pretty amazing. So uh, through a lot of great fortune and everything we did, uh, you know, we submitted for our institutional review board, which means that the federal government has given us permission to conduct uh, human trials. And just last week we got approved and we're one of the first private companies in the history to ever do that. So it's, uh, you know, pretty much living. Congratulations. A bl- yeah. Well, you know, we live a blessed life. So I'm just really thankful for all the great people who have helped us get to where we are right now. Excellent. We're talking with uh, Brian Buckley, who's a founder and president of Hellman Valley Growers Company. They're a, a special operations team commander with the Marine Raiders. Brian, of course, as he uh, shared with you, but we're going to repeat this, it led multiple teams and deployments to Operation Enduring Freedom, Trans-Saharan Africa and Southeast Asia, as well as Operation Enduring Freedom, Afghanistan, which is Hellman Province. Um, I think this is important for your listeners today, especially, Brian, is your ability, this is taken from your... Uh, your piece is uh, to forge productive partnerships among stakeholders and reach high-level decision-makers with, I like this, sophisticated organizations, help ensure the free and productive flow of information. You can find them on the web at hvgcompany.com. Again, that's hvgcompany.com. Brian, going back to that um, being able to forge that connection with people, especially starting from nothing, is that something that you, you've always had, that the Marines teach you that, or is it just kind of something that you uh, is somewhat innate? You know, I, I really, it, it, everything kind of starts with my parents. Um, you know, my parents, uh, they were always well off and they did very well for themselves, but they really worked their butts off to get there. And, you know, I'll never forget something my dad would tell me. He's like, you know, I have money, but I'm not going to give it to you, but I can teach you how to make it. And it's through hard work. And so he would always have me outside doing work around the neighbor, um, neighborhood, whatever it took. And, you know, it was kind of funny. Like, he just kind of let me go with sports. And he wasn't really pressuring me because my parents are like, you're the guy in the arena. Like, we're, we're just going to be in the stands. We can't play the game for you. So if you want to make this happen, you got to do it on your own. 
And, uh, you know, I was, I was very fortunate to play for an amazing uh, high school head coach in um, Doylestown, Pennsylvania, named Mike Penton. And, uh, he, you know, he's a very challenging individual, but, uh, you know, he's probably one of my greatest mentors. And he really taught me about hard work and taught me about leadership where, you know, he's just like, hey, leadership is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of those in your charge. And, you know, there is no I in team. And I just kind of always attacked everything with that mentality and, um, you know, just had some really good fortune with a lot of people in my corner. And then when I got into the Marine Corps, sure, it was a, you know, combat's a whole different thing. Uh, nothing can really prepare you for it. And when I eventually made it into special operations, um, you literally are just given problem sets where it's like, hey, figure it out because we know something bad is happening, but we don't know who and we don't know how, but go make it happen. And you just got to be very much a critical thinkers. Um, but it just kind of goes back to everything. If you identify a problem, you just got to believe in yourself. And, you know, I, I always circle myself with great people who make me look good. And, you know, it's just trying to live the American dream. I mean, we all have the same opportunity. It's just a matter of if you want to work hard, you can make things happen. Touch back on that. Um, you take care of those in charge. That's a, the first time I've heard that. So I, 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 I like that. It makes sense, obviously. But share with why that matters so much to you. You know, to me, I think when you are given the privilege and put in a position of leadership, um, you know, sometimes I think people just do it for themselves and it is kind of self-gratifying, but that never really like turned me on or motivated me. To me, it was just always that you were given a great opportunity to lead some amazing individuals and, you know, doing that on the football field, it's great. And then, you know, you go into combat and I just looked at like, I have an opportunity here to serve with my heroes. And they, des they deserve the best that I have. Um, and that's why I just always put the onus that who cares about me? I'm the last one to worry about. I got to take care of the guys. Yeah. that that uh, Can you compare or not, not compare, but uh, does that translate from combat to entrepreneurship and innovation? It, it does. Um, you know, you kind of go back to, again, you think about just being in that arena of combat and, you know, there's no one watching. No, nothing's really, you know, there's no fanfare. You got to self-motivate yourself and you got to accomplish a mission in some pretty uh, dire times. I mean, I, I can remember the time I got shot. Um, you know, I just kind of sat there and it was a hellacious firefight. Um, the amount of ammo they were shooting at us from the tree lines. Uh, one guy said it best. It felt like if we moved our finger out of cover position, it would get ripped off from a bullet. And I just remember I took uh, seven deep breaths and um, just said, okay, you know, let's, you know, I thought about my high school coach and how we're going to problem solve this. And I had to inform my higher command that the Taliban was about to overrun my position. And then we just started problem solving. And, um, you know, it was just amazing us like things like that. We won that fight before it even started. Uh, and that was just due to our hard training and the hard work that we put into it and everyone looking out for each other and just having that, uh, trust that everyone was just going to do their job. There was no screaming on the radio, no hostility. It was just guys like, okay, I'm moving here. I'm doing this. And, uh, those individuals started to fight with us, but we were the ones who finished it. And, um, it's kind of the same way with like entrepreneurship. I think it was a great quote I heard from Elon Musk the other week where someone said, what kind of words of encouragement would you give an entrepreneur? And he goes, if you need words of encouragement, you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna have some really deep, dark times where you gotta be self-motivated and you're gonna lose a lot of fights and you just gotta kind of keep like, pick yourself up off the mat. And if you believe in what you're doing, you can make it happen and just keep working. That uh, we won the fight before uh, before it started. Can you deep dive a bit into that and then segue into Helmet Valley uh, Growers? Like how 
that is yeah. connected? You know, I think a really big thing is um, being like brilliant in the basics. Uh, we had a guy who's actually, he was part of the uh, Hoover Institute up there at Stanford, General Mattis. Um, he was the guy who would really put that on us of be brilliant in the basics, you know, the blocking and tackling, it was what will make the difference, not the high speed things of jumping out of airplanes or stuff like that. And same thing when I was playing high school football, it was just we broke down the fundamentals and kept going and kept going. Um, the way we trained in special ops, everyone probably thinks we do all this high speed stuff. We literally start off with, okay, here's how you take apart your weapon and here's how you put it back together. Something you learn in boot camp, but you got to be brilliant in the basics and it should be second nature. And then I think what, how we really felt with what we were doing here at Helmand Valley Growers Company was um, we knew we were doing the right thing for the right reason. And it took us about four years to get to this point, but we knew if we kept our moral compass pointing that true north and kind of kept that moral high ground of, you know, hey, we're not out there for the green rush. We're not out there to make a ton of money and just kind of disappear. Uh, we're doing this for the right reason. It's going gonna, it's gonna to connect and we're going to get there. And sure enough, we did. You're listening to the Innovators Radio Show and podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Brian Buckley, founder and president of Hellman Valley Growers Company. For uh, more information, feel free to visit their website at hvgcompany.com. Again, that's hvgcompany.com. Brian, that I like that true north, and uh, you set the sights on it. Were there ever any moments or a moment that you go, okay, I'm not sure how we're going to you know, pull this off. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was one time it was, uh, you know, we called a deep river sorrow, you know, you kind of go into it like, <laughs> Oh boy. And, uh, no. we were working with a, an investment group for a while and, um, you know, at the 11th hour, it just fell apart and it happens a lot of times. So we're kind of like, man, is this going to happen? And uh, we had an amazing opportunity to link up with two guys named uh, George and Cody Sadler, who um, own Platinum Vape. And uh, we came in and we started talking to them about what we want to do. And they were kind of like, well, we'll see. And then they went, you know what? You guys are going to do what with medical cannabis? And you do it for the veterans. And they're huge advocates of veterans. And they said, hey, guys, get in here. We got a full staff. We got everyone. We're going to back you guys. And they're like, and we don't need any money from you. We just believe in what you guys are doing. And I think we're like one of one cannabis companies that can literally put something on the shelf for zero dollars. Um, you know, they, they're the ones who are taking care of us. So, again, you, you kind of do the right thing for the right reasons. Somehow, some way it's going to work out for you. And, you know, if you would have asked me in 2016, do you think you're going to meet George and Cody from Platinum Vape and this is going to happen? I would have been like, who's George and Cody from Platinum Vape? <laughs> but through this the whole entire thing, we got there and, uh, you know, sure enough, they, they, they were there at the end of the day to, you know, get us going. Yeah, how have you done any projection? I'm sure you have, but I'm curious to know if you're at liberty to share the the projections of how many. Uh, uh, this is a big question. How many either lives that you've improved with cannabis versus if they keep going on the opioids? If there's a comparison or a contrast? Yeah, you know I, that's gonna be that's the hard one to answer now. But there are studies going forward. Um, the VA is actually doing a study out of uh, Ann Arbor. And they want to look at um, how many veterans are using cannabis, how many veterans are choosing cannabis over opiates, and then is there any cannabis abuse? And then they want to see, can cannabis help out with the symptoms of post-traumatic stress, which is literally the title of our um, institutional review board is, can cannabis reduce the symptoms of post-traumatic stress? 
I I could not tell you that answer, but I know it's I know it's it's up there. It's a lot, and I think what we're going to see in the upcoming years is the amazing benefits that this plant can provide versus using synthetic opiates and things of that nature. Um, I just think America's ready for it. I think the, enough of the world has done things where you see saw in December with the 1971 UN treaty where they removed cannabis. Uh, from a scheduled narcotic, and the World Health Organization came out and said there is medical benefit with this. I think we're going to get there pretty quickly. I think in the next two, three years, you're going to see a lot. And, um, you know, we're just happy to have the opportunity to be a part of it and and just prove the benefits of this plant and save lives of our veterans. This is a, a bit of a um, a left turn question and that I wasn't planning on. But how about if you put in combination with, you know, a faith-based uh, whatever religion or spirit practice you have in addition to cannabis does that in your either anecdotally or with study prove to significantly reduce um the potential damage of ptsd and uh, another uh I, I yeah i think and that's a great question uh, i i i for me i can speak on myself i think it does um you know i'm not a guy where you, you say my name, people are going to think I'm super religious, but I definitely do believe there is a God. And, you know, I've seen some things on the battlefield where, you know, an inch this way or inch that way, you're no longer here. And, um, you know, I told I told guys who might be, you know, who went through some tough things and they have post-traumatic stress and they're, they're suffering depression. I just go, hey, if the man upstairs wanted you, he would have called you home. And it's like you got more work uh, to do down here. So I think with that, on top of you know, having a routine of using cannabis to help you go down at night and just kind of help smell you out. And, you know, you know, (laughs) you avoid doing different things like find the bottom of a bottle. I just, you can only say the positives. I mean, it's just going to be a very good thing. And uh, like I said, these, these great heroes of ours, they, uh, you know, they, they write a blank check uh, payable with their lives. So we deserve to give them everything they need. Yeah. How, I would just say, how, obviously, you're you're motivated, but what does it mean to you, um, at the deepest level, to do to know that you're doing what you're doing when you uh, when you have a moment to kind of step aside or sit down, and when you know the action's not happening at work, what does it really mean to you if you can even describe it to to know that you're contributing to um, uh, a real better world, and that's no BS. Yeah, it, it's um, it, it's hard to describe. I'd say probably the past. Uh, you know, since the weekend when we got approved for this IRB, I'm, I'm hearing from people I haven't heard from in years and, uh, you know, some high ranking military officials. And they say, you know, you guys are doing God's work. Um, and that's just, you know, again, it's just very humbling when you hear that. Um, you know, we're just, again, we're just guys trying to do the right thing for the right reason. You know, if you can take yourself back, not that I, I, want, I want you to, but for the sake of your audience and even your company is, is that something that's always been motivating you at some level that you wanted to do something bigger and better than just yourself as Brian? Oh yeah. I, you know, again, I think it's something, you know, the the way my parents raised me and just kind of ingrained in my DNA. Um, I was going to recruit to go to Naval Academy out of high school and I wanted nothing to do with the military. I had no desire, nothing at all. And then uh, 9-11 happened, and I'm playing football at the University of Massachusetts, and we go down to the uh, uh, football complex. We have three big screen TVs. I think we had a dozen guys from New York City, and you know, I tell people back then we didn't really have cell phones like we do today, so no one could get in touch with any of their family back there. I went to get taped up, and the trainers are like, man, I don't think we taped today. 
And then our coach came in. He's like, hey, let's go out and do a quick whiz practice, just helmets on, get our fit, and just kind of maybe get away from this for a little bit. And one of the captains stood up and says, I don't think we should practice today. And he goes, that's fine. I agree. He's like, everyone go home, you know, call your loved ones. He's like, I don't think we're going to play this weekend, um, but we'll keep you updated. And I went home and I lived in an apartment with uh, four other football players and we were watching TV just like everyone else. And, um, you know, everyone's kind of talking tough and, you know, what the heck and just pissed off watching this. And, uh, you know, I just went to the bathroom and just said to myself, it's time for me to go earn my citizenship. And, you know, at that point, finished out the season. Then I informed the coaches of my desire to transfer and uh, transfer to Villanova University. And I wasn't playing football anymore. It was time to, you know, get on with my life and, again, earn my citizenship. And trained there for two years and, you know, raised the right hand and got my commission and off I went. And, um, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I just saw something like that on 9-11. And uh, instead of talking about it, I just wanted to go out and do it. Wow. Fascinating. That move in the dial. Is that something that uh, you do on a continuous basis or, or do you, you set things, you know, during the week, at the end of the week? How, how, I'm curious about that, you know, moving the dial and what it means for you. Yeah, um, I think I always want to challenge myself. Um, you know, I, I could go off and live a good basic life and be happy with myself and my family. But, you know, I want to leave this world better than I found it. So you know, I'm always thinking of ways to challenge myself and make myself and more importantly, make the people around me better. Um, and again, that's where it was kind of like, if we're going to get into this, we're just not going to talk about how good cannabis is for veterans. We're going to prove how good cannabis is for veterans. And that is the next thing we're going to do. And like I said, we're cranking that dial fast and hard every day. Your branding is terrific. And is that something that you did internally or did you uh, reach outside to, to find out how do you do that that's a great one so we were like in the beginning with all this we thought we had to go like vertically integrated and get like spend millions of dollars to get all this stuff and one guy sat down with us a very successful businessman he's like do you guys realize what you did with your brand and we're like i don't know it sounds cool looks good whatever and uh he's like listen he's like people spend millions of dollars trying to get a brand he's like I don't think you guys were thinking about this while you're running into Hellman province. Like, Hey, we're going to have a really cool cannabis company one day with this brand. But he's like, but you kind of did. And he's yeah. like, so, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And, uh, we sat down with the, with a guy here, um, at platinum vape with, who was doing graphics and came up with an idea for our design and really wanted to kind of just say, okay, you know, obviously the HVGC and we wanted to just, uh, you know, not be shy and put the cannabis flower on there. And then if you notice there's five stars, that's yes. actually the um, what they call the Southern Cross uh, constellation. You can only see that in the South P- Pacific. So Marine Raiders or World War II would have to do celestial navigation. So they use the Southern Cross to get to and from the objective. And we wanted to incorporate that in. So we said, hey, we've had great Americans go forward and fight for us. And maybe physically they're back here in America, but they're not spiritually all the way back. And here at Helmet Valley Growers, we want to be that beacon in the night. You know, so they have the opportunity to go live the American dream they fought so hard to defend. Fascinating. This is outstanding. It's also the Innovators radio show and podcast on KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Brian Buckley, founder and president of Helmet Valley Growers Company. Our uh, shout out for, uh, for Brian is uh, Battle Brothers, the Battle Brothers Foundation. Their, uh, their mission is a complex challenge 
facing their nation's veterans. A, A striking number are taking their lives. I'm reading directly from their mission. The medical care offered through standard treatment facilities are often addictive, opiate-based substances, and many find themselves stagnated from impactful community and meaningful economic growth. Concern for our own, the Battle Brothers Foundation is striving for change with a unique threefold approach. You can find their threefold approach at battlebrothersfoundation.org. Again, that's battlebrothersfoundation.org. We're talking again today with Brian Buckley, founder and president of Helmand Valley Growers Company. Brian, the, um, I'm going to touch back again with that taking care of uh, those you work with, those are with. Again, I'm reaching back because it just sounds like everything you're doing is very full circle. And usually in, in my experience and in, in, uh, opinion, when you do things in life that are very full circle, you're 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 true. You're being authentic to yourself. Is, is is that again instilled by your parents and your peers and group you work with? Yeah, you work with absolutely. And you know some of the things we've done in Battleborough's Foundation. Um, you know, I think one of the greatest wins I had were you know selfishly I felt really good about making this happen was we were able to take a Vietnam veteran who uh, was what they call blue side Navy, so he's in the big boats in the ocean. Uh, but he definitely was impacted by Agent Orange in Vietnam, but uh, Congress wasn't recognizing that. And the guy has Parkinson's, he's, his back is fused, he's had multiple brain surgeries, um, and he's just a you know, great American, and he just wasn't getting taken care of. And uh, through our nonprofit, we were able to navigate and get him up to 100% disability. And he got a huge amount of money into his uh, bank account and a lot of people coming into his house and refurbishing it, making sure he got the right wheelchair. And, you know, that is just like, I mean, that's like the best payday you can have in your life, right? So selfishly, I feel bad about how good it made me feel, but it was just the right thing to do. Yeah, that right thing to do. I mean, is that, it sounds like that's what you, uh, the culture at Helmet Valley, can you describe a bit, what the culture is like, I know you have, but really get into it if you, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you did nail with the culture. I mean, these are some of the most selfless people you'll ever be around. Um, you know, at this time, we haven't even taken a paycheck yet. Uh, we're just putting everything back into the business and back into our research to make sure that that's done right so we're taking care of veterans. And, you know, that's not even like an argument with, with the guys so with uh, Andy Myers and Matt Kern and Brendan Ozan, all the guys that, you know, we work with, uh, you know, we got some great sales reps. I mean, we're taking care of our sales reps up naturally, but, you know, we're just saying, hey, guys, we keep doing what we're doing. Everything's going to be okay. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, we're taking care of our American heroes. What better paycheck can you get? Yeah, that's for sure. Brian, what... Uh what haven't we talked about that you you think is really important to share with your audience today? Um, one I just think is really cool that I'm talking to people at Stanford, so I think I'm kind of <laughs> out kicking my coverage a little bit. Um, no, but uh, you know, I just again, I, you know, I'm always just honored to have the opportunity to jump on great shows like yours and just you know tell the story about us. I think it's really important that people understand the you know people that I get to work with. Uh, the veterans' lives that we're impacting. I just think it's a great American story. Uh, I really feel this time in, in our nation's history for maybe the past decade, I think it's more or less not the JFK America anymore. We're not at, don't ask what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I think um, people need to kind of take a step back sometimes and don't say, you know, what can this country do for me? I've been around the globe. 
I've seen the amazing, fortunate uh, things about us being Americans. There is no better country than us by far. And if you want to do something and you want to do the right thing, I think you can really succeed in this nation. And, you know, if you got to look around and say, is that even true true, or can you even prove that? Yeah, look at me. I mean, there's no reason I should be in this position just because, but I'm not smart. I'm, I'm not that strong. I'm not all that stuff, but you know, I will work, I will work, yeah, <laughs> I'll work hard. The, uh, yeah. So that's just, uh, I think is if you really want to go out and do something, believe in yourself and work hard and good things will happen. Yeah. And on that Woody Hayes quote again, share with, uh, with the audience that Woody Hayes quote. Woody's Hayes. Yeah. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. It's no, uh, no in between. Well, you're definitely getting better, Brian, and uh, so is uh, your company. Thank you very, very much for being on the show. It's been an absolute honor and pleasure uh, being with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Innovators Radio Show and Podcast. Our guest today has been Brian Buckley, founder and president of Helmand Valley Growers Company. As a special operations team commander with the Marine Raiders, Brian led multiple teams in deployments to Operation Enduring Freedom, trans Sahara Africa, deployments to Operation Enduring Freedom Trans-Sahara Africa, as I said before, Southeast Asia, and Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan, Helmand Province. Brian's ability to forge productive partnerships among stakeholders and reach high-level decision-makers within sophisticated organizations helped ensure the free and productive flow of information. For more information, feel free to visit website at hvgcompany.com. Again, that's hvgcompany.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another mission-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, or game changer committed to smart ideas, innovation, and entrepreneurship for better lives. I'm Tom Dior. The Innovators radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Stanford, California, and on location. The audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos and chief engineer Mark Lawrence. And the executive producer of The Innovators is Tom Dioro.